Good morning, everyone. This is your awareness host, bringing you information, a story now by Chi Ori Publishing Company, created by Kathy B. Come find your Chi with T minutes of short stories that matter. This story character is about three people. Stella, who we call Stella, Mario, who's her boyfriend, and Kiki. The place is at 315 East Mount Eaton Avenue in the Bronx, New York, apartment number five. And it talks about love and alcoholic. Let's hear the story real quick. It's about 10 minutes or less long. This story begins at 315 East Mount Eaton Avenue in my old brownstone building in the Bronx, next door to apartment number five. During the daylight, Estella would smile and appear to be friendly with her handsome man friend, Mario. She usually would show off how she baked and cooked, then offer everyone on her floor freshly made cookies, Jamaican patties, or a taste of some of her Caribbean dishes, such as jerk chicken that we all love now. Since I was a young lady, Scooby-Doo, a nickname for my mom, raised me not to eat from strangers. Although the smells smells, and more of her food aroma filled the fresh air on that floor. I never taste any of her food or anybody that I really didn't know or liked. Even though Stella was always trying to get me to talk with her, I never wanted to. We we called her Stella, short for Estella, by the way. But she was a very beautiful, light, cocoa-skinned woman with long, thick, blonde hair, and a very nice shape. She could have been a model until she'd open her mouth. (gasps) Then her deep Caribbean accent could be heard. A very loud and clear, heavy voice. Hey, Kathy, what do you want? Come here, Kiki. Speaking in some sort of island dialect jargon. She never was too friendly with Scooby, my mom, because my mom carried a loaded gun and knew Scooby would shoot and ask questions later, no doubt. She didn't play around. Now at nighttime approaches though, Scooby would leave to go to the graveyard shift and leave me all alone in the apartment with five bedrooms. Which is when, by the way, the evilness came out and started lurking the hallways in the Bronx, you name it, from people trying to get in people's doors to people fussing and fighting, which is going on right now, arguing, screaming, breaking things, throwing things from uh, off of the roof. I don't know why, but this is the energy that happened in the Bronx at nighttime. I would sometimes pinch myself, is this a nightmare? 
Oh, no, no. Wake up, Kathy. It's Stella and her man, Mario, who's drunk again. That's when I would just pull my covers up over my air and say, oh, no, please, God, don't ever let this happen to me. Please let me get out of the Bronx. Please. But that night was different when she got beat up by Mario because she started banging on my front door, banging on my front door. He's going to kill me. Yet I knew my front door and my iron bar, as I called it, the police lock. The police lock was a lock that had an iron bar about an inch thick, five feet long, coming from the door all the way down to the hole in the ground, securing that door that not to be bombarded in by strong force. Once that door was locked and I was behind it, it would take many strong shoulders to bombard into my apartment, <laughs> along with the iron gates on the back windows, making it impossible to get out so easily or get in giving us at least time to call 911 on that old rotary phone that we had to use back in the days. Or just jump out of the window if need be, because we lived on the first floor. What could happen at least? We'd break a leg. Yet, in any case, the front door I knew was secure as Stella continued banging on the door. Help me, Kiki! He's trying to kill me even louder. But then we didn't have any cameras outside or cell phones handy to record this mess for evidence, leaving me to creep slowly up towards my doorway on the hardwood floors just to look out the pico. With the door squeaking, my heart is racing every nervous step of the way. As I peeked out, I saw Stella lying on the ground and with blood running down her forehead. She had a busted lip and she was crying. I started asking myself, should I call 911? Why hasn't no one called 911? Oh, I'm no snitch. I'm not going to do anything either. I'm just going to stay in back of the door and be quiet. Then all of a sudden, handsome Mario came into the hallway and picked her bloody body up, bringing her inside their apartment number five. The next day, we all saw Stella wearing shades to hide her face with makeup on to cover up her wounds. Her and Mario were holding hands outside, kissing each other, while Mario is telling her how much he loves her and is really sorry for hitting her. Blah, blah, blah. So on. This is so much bullshit. Let me tell you. Excuse my language. This behavior went on and on until Stella finally collapsed and died from physical abuse. My assumption was too much eternal bleeding or abuse. But I'm just a young lady trying to understand these related matters. 
The moral of this story is don't believe the hype. It will never happen if you're in a toxic relationship. You have to seek help. You have to try to change, go into hiding, leave your situation, leave all your things behind because life is important. If you're vibing with this story and if you know a loved one who is in an abusive relationship or situation, please reach out to help them or give a call to 211 Information Helpline in your city. So this is the end of this story, but next Wednesday I'll bring another true story out to help someone in our community. Come find your Chi with T-Minutes of Short Stories That Matter by Chi Ari Publishing Company.